Well, I'm so glad that you're here with us at Chi Alpha this week. And if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Katie Boldy. I'm one of the associate pastors here, and I would love for that chance to meet you. So come find me after service. We can chat for a little bit. We can get to know each other just a little bit more. I want to start off tonight by telling you a little story. So as a college student, moving away from home was a little daunting for me. I loved my family and I loved my comfortability, so not being able to see them as much as I did was pretty scary. So any chance that I had to go home over the weekends or breaks, I took it gladly and I took it eagerly. And with that in mind, a couple of years ago, there was a big snowstorm that was coming into town the weekend that I was supposed to leave. Marcus, who is my now husband, we were dating at that time, and he was coming with me along with my super cute pup, Chili. And when I heard that there was a potential for the storm, I changed my plans to leave earlier, and I packed up quicker in hopes of beating that and making it to our destination across the state safely. I was determined to do whatever I had to do to get to my family as soon as I could. And we started out on the road, and I was driving, and Marcus was in the passenger seat with Chili, and things seemed fine, until we were about an hour in, and the snow started to fall heavily, and when the roads aren't in great conditions, I can tend to become pretty anxious. And as I was driving, sitting up really close to the steering wheel with white knuckles, I might add, I was pretty stressed, but I also convinced myself that we would be fine. But as things began to get worse, I eventually gave in to Marcus trying to convince me to pull over and let him drive. So we pulled over, and we switched places, and we were back on the road again. And although I would love to tell you that the snow stopped, and it was perfect and beautiful, and the roads that were fine, that's not what happened at all. And I would also love to tell you that my anxiousness went away, but that's also not what happened. And as we continue to drive down Highway 20 and the roads continue to get significantly worse, there was no way that we could stop now. Once you get out there, there's like no other towns and you just got to keep going. We continued driving until we got off on the highway onto a side road and that road that we would take the rest of the way home. But none of these roads were plowed at all. There were several inches of snow that was already on the ground and more falling rapidly from the sky. And that was when I realized I had made a very poor decision. Mind you, we were still at least an hour from home in perfect driving conditions and with nowhere to stop in sight unless we were going to sleep in the ditch. And the rest of the way there, Marcus drove slowly, straddling the rumble strips so that he could tell we were on the road. And we ended up making what would have been a three-hour drive into a five-hour drive. Simply because of my stubbornness, and my wanting to get home to see my family. I wasn't willing to give up or be convinced otherwise. And I feel like most of us in this room can relate to this story in some way. Sometimes we try to push through to get what we want even when it doesn't make sense and could even endanger those around us. We think that we know best and we aren't open to being convinced otherwise. We are stuck in our ways. The society that we live in tells us to take care of ourselves and to put our wants and needs above others. We must do what, what makes us happy because no one else will, and we are convinced that we must be tough and stubborn to get what we want. 
Throwing up the white flag of surrender is considered a weakness, and others will look down on us forever if we do. And in our minds, we mark the points where we have surrendered as failures and downfalls and not as triumphs or victories. And wherever we're at, we have something to learn from Jesus tonight. And we've been in this sermon series for a few weeks called Tis the Season. And it's been really sweet to walk through the different stories of the, of the people of the story of Jesus, of the Christmas story. And tonight we're going to continue to dissect another one of those people and the part that they play. And that person tonight is Joseph, who was Mary's fiance and the earthly father of Jesus. So let's dive on in. Our text that we're going to be using tonight is Matthew 1, 18 through 25. And to give you a little background, the book of Matthew is one of what we call the Gospels or the stories of Jesus. Matthew is also the first book of the New Testament, and at the very beginning of the book, we are given a genealogy or an ancestry of Jesus, and then it starts right into the part that we're going to pick it up at. So Matthew 1, starting at verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray. Dear God, we just invite you so much into this room. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would be here, that you would help our hearts to understand what we need to understand tonight. Lord, that you will capture our hearts in a way that you haven't before. Father, that you will help us to eliminate distractions and focus on you just for the next 20 minutes, Lord. We give it all to you in your mighty name. Amen. So when we meet Joseph, we see that he was in between a rock and a hard place. He could not escape the mess that surrounded his life, and he could not change his situation. His fiance was pregnant, and she didn't even live in the same town as him at this time. And and just a side note, marriages in this day were very different than they are now. They were typically arranged marriages, so like the parents would find their child a partner, And then that suitable partner was decided upon, the couple would enter into what was called a betrothal, which is similar to our engagement now, but a little bit different. And this betrothal generally lasted around a year's time. It was a legal agreement where the couple were married and and referred to each other as husband and wife, but didn't live together nor have any like sexual relations as they prepared for their big wedding ceremony in front of their families and friends. And this betrothal was the stage that Mary and Joseph were in. They were legally committed to one another, but they weren't fully married yet. And when Joseph heard the news that Mary was pregnant, he was probably feeling a lot of emotions and frustrations, maybe embarrassment or shame. 
And during this time period, this would have been a huge deal. It would bring disgrace on not only the woman, but her fiance and her family as well. It would even result in the woman being stoned to death because she was pregnant. Joseph certainly didn't plan for this to happen. He was a simple carpenter that probably wanted to lead a simple life. But life got in the way and disrupted the plans that he had. He gave up the simple life that he wanted. And with all that being said, the first thing that I want us to understand tonight is that we're going to face difficult situations that we cannot control. This is what Joseph is walking through. He's right up in front of a difficult situation that he has no control over. And I think we have a lot to learn about the route that Joseph takes in all of this. He faced a difficult situation, yet in spite of that, he didn't freak out or say something that he shouldn't have or harm Mary in any way. The text says that he didn't even want to bring shame on her. He didn't want her to feel bad. He doesn't want revenge, and he's maybe just hoping to maintain some dignity throughout it all. God doesn't promise us an easy life after we commit to following him. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 4.12 that, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. And James 1, 2 through 3 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. We are told clearly throughout scripture that trials are going to come, and we're instructed to count it as joy because it's going to help us grow. Fiery trials are going to come. Situations out of our control are going to happen, and we have to be okay with that. These situations refine us. They help us to be challenged. They encourage us to be better humans, and they help us to expand our knowledge. I think the beginning of, and currently still a duration of COVID, has taught us a lot about this very principle that we are going to face difficult situations that be, are beyond our control. And whether that was you or maybe a friend or a family member that ended up getting sick, or maybe a trip or a graduation was canceled, or you couldn't see someone that you loved. For me, when I reflect back, one of the biggest things that COVID ended up affecting was my wedding. In March of 2020, when life as we knew it changed, was when Marcus and I were in the middle of planning for a wedding for that following May. And as some of you know, or have been a part of, or maybe can only imagine, a lot of planning goes into pulling a wedding off. It can kind of be a pretty big deal, just in case you didn't know. You have to think about things such as weddings, and suits, and dresses, and food, and people, and invitations, and music, and decorations, and there's literally so many things. And when the news of COVID came out, I remember being a little bit stressed, but just hoping that things would soon blow over. I remember thinking that people get sick all the time, but we get better and we move on. And so that's what would happen now too. And as you know, that's exactly not what happened at all. As news articles began to come out and CDC restrictions began to be released, all hope began to cease to exist in my mind. 
Everything that I was planning for and hoping for began to slip through the grasp of my hands and nothing was happening in the way that I wanted it to and I had absolutely no control over any of it. As our wedding date began to draw near, we ended up getting calls from both sides of our families trying to decide what we should do. We got calls from our venue discussing the restrictions that we would have to follow, and we felt so frustrated that the day that was supposed to be filled with joy and hope was certainly not that in the least. I remember getting on my knees and praying so hard that the Lord would just make it all disappear, and he would make everything turn out okay. That's not exactly what happened, though. And I look back on May 16th of 2020 with some heartache that our wedding didn't turn out the way that we planned. But I also look back on that day, remembering the joy that I felt getting to marry the man of my dreams, the warmth that I felt thinking about our parents and close friends that could attend in person, and the love that we experienced when we had friends surprise us and drive hours to see us, if only for a few moments to celebrate. we were faced with what felt like an impossible situation that was completely beyond our control. And although it didn't turn out the way we wanted, we still got married, we're still married, and the God that we serve is still good. And the reality of life is that hard situations are going to come, and hard things are going to come our way. And if you haven't been in the middle of struggles yet, buckle up, because it's coming. It's just the truth of life. We can fight it however hard we want to, but it's not going to change anything. Sometimes it may be because of something that we can't control, like a global pandemic. Or maybe because we didn't set up a healthy boundary, like in a relationship, or we're, we're hanging out with certain people that we shouldn't, or with maybe spending money. But sometimes it's just because life is hard. Maybe it's because a decision someone else in our families have made, or maybe it's because of a car accident or a health issue that you have no control over. And whatever it may be for your life in this season, odds are you're probably up against something. But we can learn from Joseph and from the scriptures that we aren't expected to know how to answer every situation that we're in. We can't possibly know the answer to every question that we're asked. And that's okay. That's why we believe it's so important to stay close to Jesus and be committed to what we call real devotion, that intimacy with the Lord. Because in spite of the things that are going on in our lives, we have a friend in Jesus who knows exactly what we're walking through who's as close as a whisper away and is our source of comfort in the smallest and the biggest tragedies in life. And the thing is, Jesus isn't gonna be mad at us if we get the answer wrong either. He isn't upset at us. He isn't gonna hold that over your head forever. He just offers us grace. I think along with that, it's so important to have other people around you that you can lean on when you're walking through difficult situations. That can offer a hug or a shoulder to cry on or simply just a listening ear. That's why we believe that having real community is so important because we need people that are willing to stand right beside us to be there to support us and to love us through the difficult situations that we face. 
especially when we find ourselves in moments like Joseph found himself in the middle of a difficult situation that he could not control. And what I think helps Joseph stand out were his actions following the situation that he found himself in. So the second thing that I want us to get tonight is that Joseph let God lead. Joseph let God lead. And back in our text in verse 24, it says, When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. There was little to no time in between where Joseph heard from the angel and he acted upon the information that he was given. It seems to be that there was no hesitation at all. He knew that he had heard from the Lord, and so he did what the angel instructed him to do. He acted quickly and took Mary as his wife. And I know for me, I have taken Joseph's actions for granted without really thinking about what it cost him or the sacrifice that he has made. You know, I've grown up in a church hearing the story of the miracle birth of Jesus all of the time, but I've never really paid attention to the part that Joseph played. I've never paid attention to the surrender that it took for Joseph to lay down what he wanted to do and allow God to lead him into accepting this baby and accepting that he really was gifted from the Holy Spirit. You know, Joseph didn't get the simple life that he wanted. He didn't get the ending that he wanted, but he surrendered it anyway. He picked up what God had for him he made the decision to lay down his plans for his life and said, pick up God's plans for his life. And this is honestly a revolutionary action that Joseph took. He was willing to trust and he didn't expect anything in return. It didn't benefit him at all to accept this. And another small detail that is actually quite a big deal is the fact that Joseph accepts and actually names the baby Jesus. This is a sign of acceptance from Joseph for the baby becoming his own. And with that action, Joseph commits. He says, yes, I'm all in. In this time period, naming children was also really important. We can look out throughout scriptures and see how significant names are to the promises of God or the legacies that people leave. And this is a big cultural move to name the baby Jesus. This signifies Joseph stepping into the role of Jesus' father. Joseph commits to taking legal responsibility and he adopts Jesus as his own. Joseph surrendered what he thought was right to step in for the plan that God had for him. And I think a lot of us can relate to this if we're trying to follow God's will for our lives. It isn't always gonna feel like we know what we're doing or we have control over the situations but that's kind of the whole point. We have to listen to God to see where he is calling us each step of the way. God can't show off and move if we know every answer to every question that we have. God can't prove his miracles if healing comes before we're desperate for it. God can't come through in a financial situation if we never have a need. We have to allow God the room to move in our lives if we want to see him move in powerful ways. And we have to let go of control 
We have to surrender to the ways that he's trying to lead us, to the ways that he's trying to help us grow, and to the ways that he wants to show us something that we didn't know before. We have to surrender and to let God lead. And surrender, according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, says the action of yielding one's person or giving up the possessions of something, especially into the power of another. So we yield ourselves. We submit ourselves. We surrender ourselves to God because he knows more than we do, more than we ever could. He knows every part about us and every part of the situation that we're walking through. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a hope and a future. If we believe and we trust that God is almighty and we can see throughout scripture that he cares for us, then we have to relinquish control and allow him to lead. We have to surrender our plans and our thoughts and our desires And once we do that, we can step into freedom. When we take all the work off of our own shoulders and put it onto the shoulders of King Jesus, we don't have to worry about the choices that we make. We can just trust him. And the freedom that we find in that will allow us to be able to walk into true joy. What a liberating feeling that could be. Just imagine what that could bring for you. We must allow God to lead us through the difficult seasons that we face. We must surrender every part of who we are to him because he knows so much more than we do. You know, Joseph didn't have to trust God when he spoke through the angel to tell him about baby Jesus. He didn't have to surrender the thought of divorcing Mary. He could have gone through with it all. He could have gone through with the plan that he had. Sometimes we have to surrender one thing to get something so much greater. Joseph surrendered, and then he got to be father to King Jesus. And he's one of the most important people that we talk about 2,000 years later because he did that act of surrender. He didn't know what was going to happen, but he trusted God. And it turned out more wild than he could have ever imagined. And we too can make big decisions that affect the course of our lives if we surrendered one thing to hold on to another. Things like who we date or what major we decide on, what we invest our money in or surrendering the dreams that we have in place for God's dreams and direction for our lives. And maybe none of those things in your life right now are inherently bad. Maybe they're okay. But let me ask you the question, what if... It's not God's best for you. Maybe it's okay, but what if it's not God's best for you? What if the person or the job that you want isn't the best that God has to offer you? We all face choices every day and possible surrenders that we can make that will impact how life is for us. We come up against daily surrenders, too, that we can make to trust God with our finances or tithing or giving to feed one. We talk about it all this month because it's so important. Every student feeds one. We can surrender $10 a month, guys. 
We can give up a couple coffees or a night out at a restaurant. We can raise money by doing something crazy and choose to feed one, two, three, or ten hungry children and give them a chance to be fed and offered the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can do that all by surrendering these little luxuries that we have. It could maybe be for you surrendering your time at serving at Chi Alpha or surrendering time with your friends or giving up watching four hours of Netflix a day to do something productive with your life. Maybe it's even surrendering your desire to think the thoughts that you want to. Maybe for you it's surrendering your depression or anxiety to the Lord. To not allow yourself to let it be almost that security blanket for you. Maybe it's surrendering your pride to allow yourself to not look perfect in front of others or to maybe lose a little dignity if it's all for Jesus. Although there's lots of choices that we can make, it all comes down to whether or not we're going to allow God to lead our lives and whether we're going to run to him to find the answers or if we're going to just try to do it all on our own because we're tough whether we admit that we don't know it all and we seek godly advice from those that have been following Jesus just a little bit longer. There's no humanly way possible that we can control every aspect of our lives, but we can certainly talk to the one who can. And again, God isn't mad at you if you don't get it right or if you don't surrender on the timing that he has or if you choose not to even surrender at all. He is loving and he is kind and he will continue to love you forever. But he could maybe just have something better for you. Maybe just a little bit more is on the horizon than right now. And we can choose to surrender through running to God in earnest prayer, to listening to the wise answers that he gives. And we can choose surrender through pouring over the Bible to seek wisdom from those that have gone before, that have already done it. We can choose surrender through giving God our expectations of how we thought that life would turn out and we trust him with the results. We can choose surrender through taking our thoughts captive and not letting the enemy have reign over our thought life. How powerful could that be for you? We can choose to surrender through a lot of different avenues and stories, but we have to choose. Hear me when I say this. Surrender isn't a passive decision. It's an active choice that we have to make. We get to choose. So the most important thing that I want you to get tonight, if you remember anything, it's this, that we can choose to surrender and to let God lead. And I want to continue our time together tonight by sharing a little bit more of a piece of my story. You know, just a few years ago, I was a student sitting in these chairs just like you tonight. And I was here at UNI, and I was studying to be a teacher, and I enjoyed the classes that I was in, and I was excited for the future as it began to come closer and closer to what I wanted. The more time that I spent learning about how to be a teacher, the more time I spent experiencing teaching through different classrooms, the more I could see myself in my own middle school math classroom, and it was gonna be the bomb. I was a diligent student. I had Pinterest boards full of cute little classroom ideas. 
I had saved projects and lessons that I'd worked so hard on to use in my future classroom. I was building my future classroom library through book sales and I felt more and more prepared. But as I approached my senior year, I also felt like things began to shift in my mind and my heart. The shift that I began to feel felt extremely uncomfortable, if I'm completely honest with you. I began to wonder if I was living in all that God had for me. I began to feel nervous as I felt the Lord leading me in another direction that I hadn't spent the previous four years preparing for. I remember wondering what life could be like if I were to step into a life of being a person in ministry. But again, if I'm completely honest with you, I remember being too scared too scared that I was going to mess it up, too scared that I would just end up as another pastor that ruined others' lives and gave them another reason to hate the church. I'd seen too many pastors and heard too many stories of the ways that they had lied, that they had cheated, they had stolen money. I didn't want any part of that. But then one night, I remember Jesus meeting me and asking me the opposing question of what if I helped to point someone to him? What if I helped in righting some wrongs that others had felt? What if I rewrote the story and I showed that although I'm not gonna get it right all the time, I'm not just gonna end up as this big failure. There was turmoil in my heart for weeks, guys. Turmoil about making that decision of whether or not to forsake my teaching career. I had conversations with so many people about what the right answer could be and whether I could do it and last. And for me, it all came, to, came down to this point of surrender, the decision that I had to make. And I felt like God was asking me to surrender the plans that I had made, the thoughts, the desires that I had, and to hold on to him, to cling to him. And when I let go and surrendered all that I wanted to God, I was terrified. But he began to move things further than I ever thought was possible. I get it. I'm a person who likes control, and I like to be stubborn. I'm the type that's willing to do things the hard way if it means that I don't have to bother anyone else, or if it means that I can prove that I can do it. So please believe me when I stand before you tonight and say that I get it. I understand. I've been there. But looking back, who did I think I was? when I thought that I knew what the right answer was? How powerful did I think that I actually was? And the Lord is so gracious in spite of the pride that I show him day in and day out. And I still show him, but I've grown to understand what's on the other side of giving it all to Jesus 
What's on the other side is freedom to not feel like I made the wrong move. It's the joy of the things that the Lord has given me and it's confidence that I'm right where he asked me to be. I didn't have to make that decision though. I could be a teacher right now in front of a bunch of kiddos and I'm sure life would be okay. But I can bet you 110% that I would not be living in the fullness that God had to offer me. I would not be where I am today. If I think about that, what would have happened if I didn't surrender to my calling? I don't know if I would be married today. I don't know if I would have the close friends that I do. I might not have as much joy in the job that I have. I don't know where I would be. God moved big time to show me where I am today. And I'm so thankful that I trusted him. So thankful that I trusted the God of the universe, that I laid down my insecurities, that I laid down the plans that I had, the thoughts that I had, and instead picked up what he had for me because it's so much better. God's plans for you are so much better. So much better. Maybe you're sitting here tonight and you're thinking about the dreams and the plans that you have for your life and you're hoping and praying that God doesn't ask you to change them. Maybe you're thinking about the situation that you're in and you feel like it's impossible. You feel like you absolutely have no control over the events that are playing out in your life and you have no idea where to turn to next. Maybe you haven't been super intentional about listening to, to Jesus and allowing him to speak to you about any area that he may want to be changing in your life. Maybe tonight Jesus is simply asking you to be open to the idea of surrendering your life to him. To just be open. No actions to move, but just open to the thought that he would want to change your job relationship or your schooling. Maybe tonight your heart is already beating really fast because Jesus has already asked you to make a move and you haven't done it yet. You fought him because the switch doesn't make sense or would be more difficult than what you're in or would be really hard to explain to your family. Maybe you've said no to Jesus because you're comfortable with where you're at. You love the person you've been dating. You can picture yourself in the career that you've chosen. You've been fighting so hard to make enough money. You deserve to take care of yourself because you've been working so hard. And maybe you've decided that you can't trust anyone else, let alone a God that you can't see because everyone else has failed you. Whatever it may be, I know it may feel impossible. I know sometimes it feels like it's too heavy, but that's precisely the reason why we can lean on Jesus. We weren't meant to carry this weight on our own. We weren't meant to do it by ourselves. I wonder what life could look like if we truly surrendered to God. I wonder what joy we could walk in, what freedom we could live in, set down and let God lead. I wonder where Jesus would lead him if we allowed him to do so. 
and a group that is committed to surrendering what we want to Jesus, I firmly believe that there's nothing that can stop us from living in his fullness. I think that there would be souls that would be flooding this room, searching for the something more that we have, something that Jesus is offering to them because they can see the ways that he's moving in our lives. We'd be living in more joy than we've ever experienced before and more freedom than we could ever comprehend. What if? What if? If we are willing to surrender to Jesus, he is willing to take us places that we couldn't have imagined getting on our own. I'm literally living proof, standing here before you tonight of that. There's no way I would be where I am if it weren't for Jesus. If I hadn't surrendered it all to him. Jesus doesn't want just pieces of our lives, but he wants the whole thing. And it's not to control us or to make us robots that just obey everything that he says, but that's because he knows what's best. He has the best intentions for you. And you might not believe that tonight. You might not have seen that in your life, but I'm asking you to trust Jesus on just this next one thing and see what he does. See his faithfulness that comes through because he's got you. He's a good father. He's a good dad and he loves his children. He just needs a little surrender and trust from us. So if you'd stand with me tonight, choose to surrender and to let God lead every limit every limit every expectation every dream begins to explode because he's so much more powerful than we are and I think there's two groups of people in this room tonight maybe you've walked in here and you're not really sure about Jesus yet Maybe you've been coming all semester, but you haven't given your heart fully to him because you're not sure that you can trust him. I'm asking you tonight, you don't even have to make that decision, but just open yourself to the idea that there's a God, there's a savior who died on a cross just for you because he loves you so immensely. You don't have to do anything to earn that. You just have to take it. You just have to surrender your heart to him. That's all you have to do. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you tonight, in a moment, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand because I wanna give you this chance if you want it to accept Jesus into your heart. And life's not gonna be easy after it. Surrender doesn't equal just perfection, but it equals a changed heart and a relationship with the Savior who's gonna walk with you, who's gonna be with you. So if that's you, on the count of three, raise your hand as a symbol to the Lord and to yourself that you're all in. One, two, three. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pray in your heart as I pray out loud. Lord, we thank you for the sacrifice that you've made on the cross. Lord, we thank you for your willingness to give it all for us, even when we don't deserve it. And Father, would you help us to trust you? Would you help us to surrender it all to you? God, help us to give it all. Jesus, it's all for you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We love you.
mighty name. Amen. And for others of us in this room, man, I don't know where you're at on the spectrum of surrendering to Jesus. Maybe you're, you're in it, you're good, maybe you've been waiting, whatever that looks like for you. I'm just gonna encourage you to give it all to him. He's not mad at you. He's not, not gonna hold something over your head like we said before, but he's just asking you to trust him. He's just asking you for a little bit more of yourself. What could it look like in your life if you did that? with your relationships, with your job, with your future career, with your friendships, with where you're gonna live? What could it look like if you surrendered it all to him? What joy could you step in? What more does God have to offer you? I can promise you that it's gonna blow every expectation that you have, that it's gonna blow every limit out of the water. You can't even imagine where God is gonna take you if you surrender and trust him. I promise you he's got something good. I promise you. So if that's you tonight, we're going to continue in the song. And I want you to cry out to the Lord. To give it all to him. To do something a little more crazy for him. To surrender it to him. Give him your job. Give him your career. Give him your relationships. Watch what he's going to do. Just be open. Maybe it's not a huge decision that you're going to make tonight, but just be open because he's a good father. He's got the best for you. He's just asking you what if tonight. So dear Jesus, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you again for the sacrifice that you've made. And Father, would you help us to surrender, to trust you like we've never trusted you before. Father, you made the ultimate sacrifice. You already paved the way. Father, help us to give it all to you. Help us to live with an open hand, to not want control of it all, but to continue just to give it all to you, Father. You're so worthy. You're so loving. You're not mad at us if we haven't moved yet. You're just asking, come, my son and daughter, come. I want to show you what life could be like. I want to show you what more I have for you. He's got you. He's got you. He's got you. Jesus.